Good morning. Welcome to the Marketing Minutes Podcast. My name is Patrick Laffin, and today is Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. All right. So let's get started by taking a look back at performance from yesterday. The NASDAQ finished down 0.30%. The S&P 500 finished down 0.34%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished down 0.26%. And lastly, the Russell 2000 ended the day up 0.33%. In terms of sector performance, the best performing sectors yesterday were energy and utilities. Energy finished up 1.72%, followed by utilities, which ended the day up 0.41%. The worst performing sectors yesterday were financials and healthcare. Financials finished down 1.07%, followed by healthcare, which ended the day down 0.95%. The market bounced around yesterday before ultimately ending lower. As an early morning rally following the release of key CPI data, gave way to afternoon selling, which was accentuated in the last hour, as investors struggled to interpret the effects of inflation, which accelerated to a new 40-year high. The big story yesterday was, of course, the release of the Labor Department's Consumer Price Index data. Now, the CPI index measures the average change over time in the prices paid for a wide-ranging basket of consumer goods and services, and it's a closely watched gauge of inflation by both market participants and the Fed. So on a year-over-year basis, consumer prices jumped 8.5%, which was the highest year-over-year increase since 1981. Core CPI, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, jumped 6.5% year-over-year, which was the highest year-over-year core CPI increase since 1982. When taking a closer look at the numbers, the big thing that stands out to me is how widespread the year-over-year price increases were. For instance, fuel oil is up 70% over last year. Gasoline prices have rocketed 48%, and used car prices soared 35%. And while those three areas have been discussed ad nauseum by the news and market analysts, the price increases seen in the less discussed areas were shockingly high as well. The cost of bedroom furniture is up almost 15% on a year-over-year basis. Men's suits and coats are up 14.5%. And one we have all noticed recently is that grocery prices have jumped 10%, including 18% increases for both bacon and oranges. In addition, shelter costs, which make up one-third of the CPI weighting, increased a blistering 5% on a year-over-year basis, which is the highest increase in sheltering costs since May of 1991. Now, while inflation has been very apparent at the pump or cash register for the last six months or so, Sometimes seeing the actual numbers, like in yesterday's CPI release, makes it all the more real and concerning. Adding to the concern is that the data showed real earnings weren't keeping pace with inflation or the cost of living, as real average hourly earnings posted a 0.8% decline month over month. And that is definitely something to watch because the inability of wages to keep up with costs only adds to inflationary pressures. There was a silver lining to the CPI data, though, and that was that on a month-over-month basis, core inflation appeared to be slowing, rising only 0.3% for the month, much below the 0.5% forecast. As a result, there was some optimism among investors that inflation was slowing and that March would be the top. That notion seemed to boost sentiment and fuel the market in the first half of the trading day, 
reflected in the fact that both the S&P 500 and Dow Jones were up around 0.5% at noontime, while the Nasdaq was essentially flat. The optimism, however, soon gave way to fears that the Fed will likely need to be more aggressive to fight inflation, which, in effect, could likely cause an economic contraction and possibly a recession. This mindset took hold in the afternoon and led to a sell-off that only accelerated as the day went on. By the closing bell, seven of the 11 sectors were lower after each spent time in positive territory during the day. The financials and healthcare sectors both declined at least 1%, while energy, utilities, and consumer discretionary all closed higher. In conclusion, it was a volatile day with CPI data being the main story. And in regards to the CPI data, I think it really depends on how you, as an individual, interpret the data. One way to look at it is to think that it's hard to believe things will get any worse. Therefore, this report is good because it must mark peak inflation. Meanwhile, the opposite, but possibly more practical view, is that the CPI report yesterday reveals a broadening in inflationary pressures that will push the Fed to raise rates by 50 basis points at the next FOMC meeting, likely causing additional volatility in the coming weeks. So it should be a fun couple of weeks. Now, as a reminder, earnings season officially kicks off this morning with J.P. Morgan Chase reporting before the bell. So be sure to tune in for any hints of real impacts of inflation. But regardless of what happens, as always, I'll be sure to keep you updated. Moving on to headlines. Terrible story yesterday coming out of Brooklyn, New York, where at least 16 people were injured, including 10 who were shot when a suspect set off a smoke grenade and unleashed gunfire on a Brooklyn subway train during Tuesday's morning rush hour, according to the NYPD. The gunman, who was possibly disguised as an MTA construction worker and wearing a gas mask, launched his bloody assault around 8.30 a.m. on a Manhattan-bound end train at the 36th Street Station in Sunset Park, where authorities later discovered several potential undetonated devices, several of which, though, were later reclassified as simply debris. The investigation is ongoing, with little information being released to the public outside of the description of a 5-foot, 5-inch, 180-pound man. So a very sad story there. In other news stories, Philadelphia became the first major U.S. city to reinstate its indoor mask mandate after reporting a sharp increase in coronavirus infections, with the city's top health official saying she wanted to forestall a potential new wave driven by the Omicron subvariant. And lastly, a new proposal in California would officially shorten the work week to four days. So the bill would shorten a work week from 40 hours to 32 hours for companies with more than 500 employees. A full workday would remain eight hours, but would require overtime pay for employees who work longer than 32 hours or four full days a week. And this idea is not as crazy as it sounds. Iceland tested a 35-hour work week and studies showed it was an overwhelming success. In 2019, Microsoft Japan performed an experiment to see how reducing the work week would affect productivity and found that sales per employee jumped 40% compared to the same period a year prior. This led Japan, a country known for its long work hours, to unveil a plan last month to recommend companies allow their staff to work four-day weeks to improve work-life balance. So a really interesting idea there. It will end today, as we always do, by taking a look back at some famous historic events from April 13th of the past. Starting today in 1860, when the first Pony Express reached Sacramento, California, after leaving 10 days earlier from Missouri. 10 years later, in 1870, April 13th is when the Metropolitan Museum of Art, also known as the Met, was founded in New York City, 
which later went on to become one of the leading art museums in the world. In 1964, Sidney Poitier became the first African-American to win the Academy Award for Best Actor for his performance in Lilies of the Field. And lastly, in 1997, today was when Tiger Woods won his first Masters Tournament, becoming the youngest player to ever place first in the event, as well as the first golfer of African-American descent to win the title. So with that, I hope everyone has a great day. I am Patrick Laffin, and this is the Marketing Minutes Podcast. Please note, the content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a recommendation of any specific investment product, strategy, or decision. It is not intended to suggest taking or refraining from any course of action. It is not intended to address the needs, circumstances, or investment objectives of any specific investor.